Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David, as always. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, this is the show where we talk about investing in cannabis. Big surprise. Uh, I hope you learn a lot. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, today, we have an awesome, awesome episode. Every once in a while, you run into sort of a mad scientist genius type. Uh, and today's is Davis of Meister and Octave. Uh, he creates hardware. And hardware is hard. It's cliche, but it's also true. Uh, and we get into a bunch of his great products. He's created a Terp Timer. Uh, he sold 18,000 of these to get your Terp temperature just perfect when you dab. Uh, he's got a stash box. He's got a bunch of other cool stuff. We talk about the process of hardware going to China. Uh, it's a fun episode, guys. Enjoy it. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in. Listen up. Get acquainted. <laughs> It's so good to see you, man. Thank you for coming to my makeshift studio here in Venice Beach on a Sunday. We got our coffee and uh, talk about some weed hardware, oh, yeah. which is like near and dear to my heart. We know each other from, I don't know, at least a couple of years now. Yeah. Originally through Mr. Ben Kovacs, a great, great kind of man of mystery, yes. doing a lot of things, yes. but not that many people would know it, I would say. Yeah. I think he prefers it that way. Yeah, he's behind the scenes. He's behind the scenes. He is. Kind of chess piece mover. But he's behind quite a few different scenes. Yeah. yeah lucky, lucky, very lucky to have him as a partner. He's, you know, former CRO at NorCal Cannabis. Um, and yeah, like he's really like the yin and yang in, in our business. Like I'm the artist slash like creator hardware guy and he's the numbers strategy and yeah. guy. So it's a really, it's a beneficial partnership. Wonderful combination. And it's resulted in some really, really cool products, but tell us just start from the beginning. What is Meister? So Meister is one of our brands, right? So our, our main entity is past patterns, which nobody really sees, but um, I like to call us a vertically integrated hardware company. So we have multiple brands. We've got Meister, which is the stash tray and a bunch of uh, hardware, rolling lighters, things like that. Uh, we have this new brand called Octave, which is much more technically advanced things like the Terp Timer, which is a digital thermal sensor for dabbing. So you can really. It's so rad. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Let's that. take these one at a time. Okay, cool. So. Let's start. Let's not bury the lead here. You've sure. sold 18,000 of these things, right? So far, yeah. Okay. That's, That's a big number, man. Thanks. Man. What is so cool about this thing that so many people want? So the normal dabbing process, or at least the current normal dabbing process, is you take a torch, you heat up a banger, like a cup for the concentrates, and then you set a timer where you wait a certain period of time for that cup to uh, cool down and then you take, you take your dab at the optimal time, but you're really just guessing the temperature based on the amount of time that, you know, the heat dissipates mm -hmm. with the turp timer. You have a sensor that we've created. That's the most accurate thermosensor between 400 and 700 degrees. And what this allows you to do is you don't have to wait for the time and guess you can see the actual temperature and then you're actually able to set your preferred temperature and the unit will beep to alert you of when to hit it. So it really, it takes away the guessing game. The guessing or dabbing. And for anybody that's not familiar, why is the temperature so relevant? 
in a dab. So it can totally change the experience, right? I think actually a lot of people have been turned off from dabbing because they've had a way too hot or high temp dab. And it's super like almost like smoke. It hurts your lungs. You cough a lot. You get way too high. It ruins your day. When you dial in the temperature and really take a low temp dab, you know, it's arguably one of the best experiences, right? The flavor is on point. It's a really low, like easy hit to take in and breathe out. And so this is a huge variance. Like it depends on the material that you're using. If you're using live resin, certain temperatures, if you're using BHO or even you know, rosin, there's other temperatures. And so when you're able to have this like sensor to dial in that temperature, you really can give yourself the premium experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think not enough people realize that low temperature concentrates are really great and there's a there's a lot of legs in them that's going to be coming down the pipeline a lot and you're seeing more and more of those i'm seeing even like marketed that way like on flower co there's a brand i can't remember but specifically they're like we do low temp live resin you nice. know yeah. and that's going to be like the small bat anyway it's a big deal so if you want to do this at home you need something like that. You need a tool like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for me personally, it's like changed my relationship with dabbing. I, I kind of written off dabbing like, Oh, I'm too old. I have too me much too. work to do. Me it too. ruins your whole day. Yeah. After using this product that, that we created, um, I, I kind of fell back in love with dabbing. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you've leveled it up, right? That's the idea here. Um, yeah, it's it's a really cool looking device too. We were holding it. We were just holding it a couple minutes ago. Um, it's pretty small, first of all, yeah. relatively. And where does this idea come from? Are you sitting around dabbing something too hot, and you say, "So to be honest, like I just saw a hole in the market." Uh, I, you know, I'm. I'm a gadget guy. Clearly, I've been, you know, super deep into manufacturing and developing products. And so I'm always looking at new products. And I saw there was there was a company, I don't remember the name, but basically it was like a 3D printed uh, sensor. Like mm -hmm. they had basically taken apart those skin sensors that people use for temperature mm -hmm. and they put it into a 3D printed case mm -hmm. and they created this thing where you could do what the Turp Timer does. And I saw they were constantly sold out. Everybody was fighting over it. There was like a secondhand market where people were paying higher than retail. But it was price. for this use case. It was for this for use case. Yes, yes. But so what I did is really like I added a feature, which is the beeping feature. So it sounds not very significant, but the truth is it is because when you everybody that's gone through the dabbing process has gotten distracted and forgot to hit it at the right time. So by adding this beeping feature where you can set your preferred temperature, all of a sudden, you don't have to pay attention. You can set it, Amazing. and then it will beep to let you know. So simple, but so so awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. Okay, so you're not just a one product company. We got we got a lot of products. Yes. You got a big brain working up there, yeah. and I've known you for a little while, and I've seen various new prototypes and concepts, and I mean, you got a crazy mind, man. That's just the truth. Thank you. Um, I say that in the best way possible. Appreciate it. Um, tell me about some of the other stuff. You brought me this this. Backpack. You want to talk about that? What do you want to talk about? Sure, I'll talk about it all. Man. Yeah. Um, so the backpack we just launched a couple months ago. Uh, it is a battery pack, so like a portable power bank that you see people carrying around. It's it's basically like an everyday carry that I've noticed people carry their wallet, their their battery, their phone, their watch. So it's not unusual to see people carrying this around. But what's special about the backpack is, yes, it is a battery pack. It will charge your phone multiple times, but it has a secret adult-proof button on the side of it where if you know how to open it, 
you can open to reveal a rolling tray, a spot for your joints, for your papers, your cartridges, your license, anything you really want to keep secret. Um, and it's really like it's a travel buddy. I mm -hmm. mean, for music festivals, I've been flying around with it. There's a lot of uses for it, but it really works out as like a wallet slash case that is disguised as a battery pack. Seems incredibly valuable and really well made. No surprise. I mean, this is what you guys do, but Thank you. Like, it ranges everywhere from like you're trying to hide something from your mom yep. and you're in high school to like trying to bring my vape cart to Saudi Arabia, right? Like, exactly. Uh, we're not condoning that, but I just, I if I use my imagination. Yeah. I'm not saying anybody should ever sneak anything on a plane. Right. Um, but I have traveled with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In your experience, it's okay. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Good stuff. What else? So, yeah, I mean, it's actually, I think we should step back a little bit and even just talk about the company altogether. I mm -hmm. said earlier that we are a vertically integrated hardware company. And yes, we have multiple brands. Um, but I think it makes sense to kind of dive into that. Like, absolutely. What I want to talk about a little bit is there's this cliche that hardware is hard, right? It is, it is pretty hard. To Answer that question. <laughs> is hardware hard? Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard. And I think that that's why, um, we're in a unique and, you know, exciting position as a company because uh, there's not a lot of competition. And I think, to be honest, this segment of the industry, the cannabis industry, has really been forgotten or not really like people haven't really been paying attention to it because it's it's hard. It's really hard. Like people go into the business and fall out of it or they get they raise a bunch of money and they, they have a prototype and then they try to actually make it. And they spend a huge amount of money and they don't actually even make something worth doing. So I think that's where we're really in this prime position is we have the experience, we have the supply chain. And that's what I mean by by vertically integrated. Like we, you know, I spent 2019 in China building out the supply chain. We own the assembly factory. We have an office there. We have a deep partnership with our Chinese manufacturing partners that make it so we make these products at cost. Mm -hmm. It's not... You know, normally you see brands making electronics and they go to China or anywhere to find a manufacturing pro uh, partner. And then that partner marks up their their products. I've had deep connections in China for five years now where I've built out these designs with my partners, with my Chinese partners, where our goals are aligned. And that's that's what I mean by vertically integrated. Like we're growing the weed and selling the weed if we're calling hardware. Weed. I think what you just said is very powerful. And I, I want to unpack that a little bit. People talk about, oh, I went to Shenzhen for a month yeah, and I set up my relationships, right? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> but that's the truth, right? It's so hard. And what you just said is that you've been working on this for five years. Yeah, correct. And I made a bunch of mistakes. Like, yeah, sure. I kind of ran Tell through. us about some of them. Sure. Uh, at one point, um, I went to China and was working on a, a pen, a vape pen. Like, you know, about five years ago, six years ago, I, I invented a pen called the Fog Pen, which is like a, it's a vape pen. You've seen a lot of them. But, uh, yeah, I set up all the thing with the factory, came back, sent a very significant sized wire to the factory, and then they just disappeared. Literally, wow. I went back to China and there was a whole new company there. Like they just took that order and just 
moved along. Wow. It was devastating. But that's what made me realize how important. And you have no recourse. Like what, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like like, it's, it was a, it was a huge loss and definitely very detrimental, but that's what made me realize how important your Quang Shi is, right? Like your, this, that's this term. I don't know a lot of Chinese, but I know that term, which means your, your family and your business network. And so like in China specifically, there's that term that like, there is no like business and family. Like they really become one wow. where if you don't like go to dinner or go out and like really like meet the family of your business relationship partners, uh, it's almost normal for them to kind of treat you like you're not like, like basically make more profit from you or even like scam you in some ways. Like what happened mm-hmm. to me was because you're like not on the air. I was not part of their quantity. Wow. Uh, so I built, I spent a lot of time building that out and, you know, we've been lucky enough to, you know, our, our supply chain manager in China is the, the woman that built the GoPro supply chain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So like, so she's just not very much experienced. Really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, that's the really complicated part is going around to 200 different factories to like put together all the parts that become a product, right? Yep. Like it's, it's a really and just 1000 problems over and over again. Yeah. It's hard to even. Yeah. So how much time have you spent in China over the last five years? I guess. Yeah, I'd say probably a little over a year and a half. Like I, I spent most of 2019 in China and then left at the end because of the pandemic. Do you like it there? Um, I do actually. I love it there. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, there's, there's a lot of conversations to be had about the government and, and all that. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I mean, I'm, you know, as we just talked about, like I'm a gadget guy, I'm an inventor. So for me, it's, it's super exciting because I have engineers working on my dreams. I have a team that's like I come up with an idea and then the next morning I have a prototype. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like super exciting. And there's definitely like some cultural differences that I've like grown to love. I love the food there mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's it, I love it. Like I'm I'm right now. I'm just kind of like ready to go back. I can't go back because of the pandemic. Right. I'm still kind of like figuring that out because but, you miss it or because you just have a lot you need to get done. A lot of need. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. We, we have a team of 31 people in China right now. Wow. We've got a really amazing office. It's like the whole floor of a building wow. um, and an assembly factory. And so I'm, you know, I'm here working, doing meetings, doing podcasts doing all this fun stuff. But at the same time, like at night, I'm on WeChat or on, right. you know, the internet working with these people and it's you know hardware is hard but not being able to touch things and like wait for prototypes harder, to go back yeah. and forth it's really like it's straining on the business and so yeah i'm really ready to go back but can't yet so aside from getting cheated out of thousands tens of thousands of dollars i'm sure sure when people say it's hard i just want i want to go back to this for a second you know like is it that there's so many moving pieces is it that China is complicated? What what what's the hardest part here? I'd say it's a combination of all that what mm-hmm. you just said. But you know, I think you know Elon has said this a lot. Elon Musk has said like it's really easy to never make a prototype. Yeah, of no, course. No. Like I said, Elon, I don't even have to say his last <laughs> name. Um, but it's really easy to make a prototype, which is true, especially now in the age of like three D printers and things like that. But the mass production and the supply chain around all these different parts, like as an example, the Terp timer, which I mentioned, that has 47 parts. It's like 16 different wow. factories that all work together to make this one product. Wow. So you can imagine the logistics there, like ordering 47 different parts. And then one part is a little bit off by a, a fraction of a millimeter. And that makes it so one of the other parts doesn't fit in correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, 
it's a puzzle it's nightmare. It's yeah. literally a puzzle, One and you you created yeah. it out of nothing. So it's people. You know, and I, did you always have that kind of brain? Like, because that just sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I kind of have actually. I'm, you know, to be straight up, like I'm, I'm really good at this part of the business. I'm really good at invention and and manufacturing and like the the engineering side of things. I've always been like I would, you know, take microwaves out of people's trash and take them apart and put them together and fix things and work with like I've always been really about hardware even from like when I was really young so I have a real understanding of like how things work and how things come together uh the business side or even like you know financial or even reading writing email stuff like that I'm I'm embarrassingly bad to be straight up mm. uh but luckily I've like put together but you can get better team. at that stuff though yeah and, it, and maybe if sure I you have, have yeah yeah if I I mean I get by, right? I, I, I mean, can, you I can write to me. We, we set <laughs> yeah. this up. It seemed okay. Yeah, but, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like, I think it's almost about like being comfortable, like speaking or uh, working on products. Like I am comfortable. Like I feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, like writing or building a spreadsheet or writing a really well-crafted email, I, yeah. I'm not comfortable. Right, right. Straight up. Well, you're yeah. doing a pretty good job right now. Oh, thanks. This is that. not... Well, I'm good at talking. I can talk. Yeah, good talk. Just like yeah. putting it into words. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. So all this stuff that you're talking about, it isn't cheap. Hardware, in addition to being hard, is expensive. And you just talked about your office and everything. Have you guys raised money? Is this a result of the revenue? What's going on here? So, um, yeah, we did a round at the end of last year. So at the end of 2020, uh, we did a round at a 20 million valuation. Uh, we took a million dollars. Uh, That's raised- a big valuation. We just to start there. It's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. I think I think we're, yeah. we're on our way to making that, making much bigger than that. But yeah, yeah it was good. It was yeah. it, it, it was great, and it's really the the main investor that, that led that round. He just saw the potential because because sure. that's where you know our sales are getting there, and we, we have significant revenue. But it's really about the stuff that we've been working on, and and that's where you know we can kind of get into it. But all of 2019 and most of 2020, I've been developing new hardware and new things that we're launching. Like I'm launching a new uh, vapor cartridge system called three-way clean core, which we haven't really talked about, but I, I basically think that we've created the best cartridge in the world and the filling system, all that that's about to launch later this year. Uh, and then I'm also working on a biodegradable cartridge system that works with flour that really is what I consider to be a new consumption system, mm-hmm, a new way mm-hmm. to consume cannabis. So, when when those launch, uh, you know the multiples are really like the profit potential uh, is pretty crazy, and I think that that's I think that's why we're in a really great position right now is because we've spent the time and money to get to this point where we're ready to launch this hardware. Where if we were out going raise month to raise money to try and make things, we could end up losing a lot of money and not being successful. We're at this point now where we're already doing the tooling. We're already going to launch these products. I've put in the time money. The whole company has. We just really are raising money to launch, like on marketing, yeah. on inventory, Expedited, not yeah. R&D. We've yeah. already really done the R&D. Accelerate the process. Yeah. yeah. But the R&D never ends, hopefully, because yeah. it's what you do well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hopefully I'm always there's a lot more really cool products coming down the line. I'm sure you can't talk about too many of them yet. I want to talk a little bit about the sales breakdown as sort of from a financial perspective. We were talking about it ahead of time. Sure. It's really interesting. What's kind of the breakdown right now of your D2C? Do you have distributors? 
kind of walk me through that picture. Sure. So we're, you know, for a long time, we were mainly just a D2C brand, right? We had organic followings through Instagram and Facebook and, you know, really spent barely any money on marketing. It was just word of mouth and selling through the website. Uh, recently, like basically 2020, uh, we started kind of bringing on more channels. We started selling to distributors. We started doing OEM work where, where because we're the factory, we're able to make products uh, for other people, like mm-hmm. white label. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already making for some of the, the biggest brands in, in the industry right now. Um, so and we that got, is very lucrative, right? Yeah it, can, yeah, it can it can add up. I mean, there's a lot of upfront. Like if we were sitting on Shark Tank right now, when they start talking about licensing, that's when they get excited. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, make your white label stuff. Yeah. yeah. So right now we're, we're kind of uh, – like a third DTC direct to consumer where the margins are crazy, a third uh, selling to distributors where the margins are still crazy, but not as crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a third OEM where the margins are a little bit thinner, but the, the volume can, can be kind of crazy. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, those are like the three main channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you look forward, what's the right mix of that revenue? Um, you know, I, I'd love for it to be mostly DTC through sure. our brands because the margins are so crazy. Um, just being straight up, I think that. But is that OEM, realistic? Yeah. No, I think the OEM side of things, like making products for other people, also the the uh, cartridge things, uh, those are going to probably end up being the, the largest revenue drivers. Yeah, I'm not a financial modeler, um, but if Eric was here, he would say there's some intersection where the volume and the revenue is optimized based on the three channels. Sure. Right. You know, yeah. it's like it's not all D to C because then you're going to lose some volume. And it's not all OEM because then you're going to lose on margin, right? There's some some happy medium there. Yeah. Um, anyway, fascinating accounting type questions. Um, dope, man. I want to shift gears a little bit. Let's do it. Let's talk about you. I like to talk about sort of the executive, the founder behind the, the brand and all these products. Sure. When you go home after a long day of designing, what are you into? What do you smoke yourself? Are you a... Concentrates, flowers, joints, pipes. Um, mostly joints and pipes. That's actually like flowers. Yeah, flowers. Yeah, flowers. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned like I'm, I've kind of fallen a little bit more into to dabbing recently, um, but sort of the end of the day stuff. Like I feel like you know even at low temps, dabs can kind of throw me off my productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so usually like a little bit of flour during the day. I usually find myself kind of just packing a bowl because it's so simple mm-hmm. and you just break up the weed and put it in. Um, but that's no vape carts. That's not you. Every once in a while. Every yeah. Once. And I also, like, as I said, we're, we're, we've made what I think to be the, the best vape cart out. So I'm like using that, testing that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, it's like, you know, it's actually an interesting topic. Like I have found myself really winding down my use. I used to be like an all day, five, six times a day. Now it's kind of like once or twice a day, so mm. maybe because I'm really busy, but also you're focused, man. Yeah, exactly. That's like cool. It, yeah, and and you know, we like I look at it. It definitely unlocks creativity mm. and like can put you in this like mind state where you can really get into the the fun, like artsy, inventive type of things. But when it comes to like really getting work done, um, me personally, yeah, right. it, it slows me down. It slows me down. So speaking of the creative side, you are very creative. Thanks. Um, and specifically with design and industrial design, when you look at sort of like the icons in this space, mm. like who do you look up to? Is it Johnny Ive? Like is the iPhone the ultimate? Like who who are you into? 
Definitely Johnny Ive. Of course, Elon is yeah. like almost a god in the hardware yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Roger from Puffco. Um, okay. You know, we're friends. That's a cool product. Yeah. Oh, it's an amazing product. Yeah. Man. I mean, it's, uh, I, I love what they've done with their brand. The, their products are amazing. They're super, you know, but yeah, I definitely look up to them. I mean, I, I think that, I think that, that that's an example of like, the the opportunity in this space right now there's not a lot of puff codes you know there's mm-hmm. there's a puff code there's packs there's raw is another like hardware brand in some ways because they make papers things like that accessories but I, I really feel like there's like an open space right now where you know i i believe by the end of this year octave our, our main like tech brand can be or will be mentioned in the same sentence as puffco and packs mm. Mm. And is there a flagship product for that, for that brand? Yeah. So what we're launching later this year is this thing called the Stogie, the S-T-O-G-I. That's what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. And so that, you know, it's a biodegradable cartridge system that uses hardware. And, you know, what I believe is going to be the most efficient, most flavorful and most convenient way to consume it, flour. It looks super exciting. I haven't tried it yet, but I've seen several iterations at this point, including today's. And you're getting really close, man. Thank it, you. it looks very cool. It yeah. looks very cool. It's very exciting. Um, dope, man. So what's next? You're already selling quite a bit of these. I know there's a lot more we talked about. What about like from a cultural standpoint? Like, I feel like companies, they grow up and they have this tendency to sort of like lose who they are. Sure. You know, how do you maintain that? You're in so many different places. You're going to be all over the world. Like, what is the, what is the brand value here for Octave or for Meister? Like, what can people hold on to? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, you know, when I first launched Meister, it was always about, you know, it was called Meister High-End Accessories. That was our first brand. And it was always like accessories, like using the word accessories instead of paraphernalia, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that that kind of like set the foundation for what we're doing. And if you look at our products, like the backpack is an everyday carry accessory. These These things are like tools that become a part of your life and you develop this relationship, just like your relationship with your phone or with your, your watch or, you know, your jewelry. Um, it's these things that like become a part of your life. And it's not just about like how cool they look or, you know, how great they function. It's more of like the relationship that you yeah, have. An emotional connection. Yeah. And so it's, it's talking about like the culture. I think that we're, we're growing up, right? The whole cannabis culture has sort of been an underground thing and called called a, a counterculture. And now we're 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 becoming more mainstream. And so the the accessories, the paraphernalia that goes along with it, is also becoming more mainstream. Yep. And so you know, it's it's I understand what you're saying. It's like whole, it's hard to keep the culture, but I think that if we look at it like we make the tools, like we are a hardware company with multiple brands and we make tools for other brands. Um, I think that like it's an exciting place to be. And to be straight up, like our, our Chinese employees, our Chinese partners and our U.S. partners and, and employees, like we can all feel it. We're in this like exciting time where when we get on our, our Zoom calls, everybody's like smiling and can feel the momentum mm. because sales are going up. Customers are reacting really positively to all the, the products. Sales are spreading across the world. And that's, that's actually one thing to mention. Like that's where I think we also have this crazy opportunity is because we're in hardware, we're not limited by licenses. We're not 
only able to sell in California. I mean, you can sell shit on the internet, man. Exactly. We sold in that's over how 90, everything is sold. Yeah, like, over, yeah. Over 90 countries so far yeah. have already bought from us. So that's, that's, that's remarkable. Yeah, that's where that I think people it's are dabbing in 90 countries. Yeah, yeah. Even cool. like the Philippines, we shipped a bunch of Uh-oh. trays and things like that to the Philippines. Where you know the deal, right? Yeah, they get caught smoking people. Yeah. They kill you. Yeah. So they're ordering products from us. Like that's risky enough, right? So that's insane. That's where I was getting to is, I think that what's going to happen is, you know, the United States and really the world is, is going to wake up eventually and legalize weed eventually. It's, you know, in our opinion, probably just a matter of time, probably too long because of what's going on with Biden right now. But eventually that's going to happen and the whole world is going to wake up. And I think that there's a, there's an opportunity to be one of the five, one of the four brands that are making these accessories, making this hardware. And I think we've like through the last five years really built the foundation to be one of the premium ones. Rad, man. Thanks, man. I think that's very well said. How can we help you? Are you hiring for something? Uh, yeah, we're hiring sales. Definitely uh-huh. sales. Um, you could hit up sales at getmeister.com, G-E-T-M-Y-S-T-E-R.com. Uh, people can check out all of our brands, uh, getmeister.com octavehightech.com and then vapecartridges.com. I also have to plug, I think it's one of your original products. It's so simple, but it's just an ashtray with a spike in the middle. Yes. I use it every day. Thanks. For real. Like I'm not just saying this every day. It's so disgustingly gross. And if you smoke a bomb and you take out a bowl and you have to, like everybody else does, you have to clean out the bowl. Yeah. You need this product. I'm telling you the the ashtray. Super simple. It's just an ashtray with a metal spike in it. Yeah. Change your life if you smoke bombs. Appreciate that. Um, Appreciate anyway, man, this has been fun. Thank you for all the presents. Shout out to the homie Ben again. I wish you were here, honey. And um, thanks for coming, man. It was fun. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, absolutely. See you next time, guys. Hell yeah.